Welcome one and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. This week we welcome back Paul Chandler, the shy yeti himself, for another one of our more random television-related chats, which will take us on one of those journeys where neither of us are really certain of where we're going. However, somehow Paul managed to make at least some little sense out of my usual word salad, and so we ended up tiptoeing lightly around the subject of celebrity podcasts in our own non-celebrity manner, made a brief visit to Soapland so that Paul could revisit Sons and Daughters and inevitably update us about Neighbours before taking us inside number nine, visiting Ruby Wax Castaway on her desert island, having a brief but big steam adventure, and settling down to talk about cliffhangers. All in all, quite a convoluted journey for us to be making this week, but with Paul to navigate us, what could possibly go wrong? So, I better fire up those Fab Radio International time engines and see just where... Oh no, something's gone wrong. The inversion is going to be And all the dials are clicking over the purple I might need to... Hello, Paul. How the heck are you? Oh, I'm not too bad. How are you? Oh, you know, ticking along, <laughs> raring to go, knackered of age, but we're ticking along nicely. Today we're going to do one of our random chats, but mm-hmm. I'm quite happy to sort of just talk about telly in, in very general terms. So we're going to start off briefly by just saying, well, it's the middle of May and we're going to talk about your television month. Now, I'm going to start you off with a quick start of a 10 because we are in the few days after Eurovision. Would you have watched the Eurovision Song Contest last week? I did not, but... Only oh, because, interesting. Yeah, only because I find it's a sociable thing or, or right. social thing. All my best memories in the last 20 years have been over friends' houses, having yes. a party, having food. Uh, and and I think it's too much of the same thing for me these days um, okay. uh, to be sitting and watching by myself. Mm. Would you have been at home when the various because uh, the heats they i mean the, the thing that surprised me this year was that the the heats were on bbc one because they've been sort of oh. hidden away on bbc three for years but oh. but basically you couldn't avoid it if you wanted to watch the main channel you couldn't mm. avoid it last week i mean luckily i did but okay. uh i did see the final the show on saturday night but i just wondered you weren't with family at I, the weekend i was i was actually with family but my family ah. wouldn't watch are they not fans well they're, they're in their 80s now so um they haven't like, yeah, like, it's not yeah. as good as the first one. Uh, yeah, they, they haven't liked a modern song since about 1979. No. So. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I had had a busy day. I'd, I'd been to see some podcasting friends um, mm-hmm. down in Bournemouth and been sitting on a bus for most of the day, no, well, a lot of the day. So we had a little mini Vision on Sound um, contributors meeting, no, meeting up. But, uh, Blimey, um, I realise I should have sent you some cake. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yes, I, I was kind of ready to, to do as little, as little as possible. But mm. um, I, I was saying I was saying to somebody, I think I would probably enjoy Eurovision more if it was broken into 25-minute episodes with a cliffhanger. Ah. Um, I, I, I just find watching something... But the, the weird thing is, the one who won, the Swedish entry, mm. I had heard that before it was even chosen, just mm. randomly. I can't remember how I heard it. 
mm. and I and I and I did quite like it. So I was aware of that. And then a couple of days before Eurovision, I thought, well, I better listen to our our song and see what that's like. And didn't, mm. didn't that didn't really appeal? I didn't get through mm. the whole way through. So mm. that's the only two songs I heard. I'm just surprised, really, because I know over in your other life, you do talk yeah. a lot about Eurovision and the history of Eurovision. And I just wondered, is it something, I mean, will you watch it on catch-up or are you no, not that just, bothered I really, by it? I just won't watch it at all. I mm. do think about watching it on catch-up and skipping mm. through things. And perhaps the last few times, when I had a Skybox, I used to, I, the last few times I did record it and mm. then do just that. But mm. I think it's very much. I just associated with being with friends, and it's a bit, it's a bit lonely. And yeah, it's, so it ha- it's one of those in the moment things. I mean, it's interesting because I I also managed to avoid the weekend before the entire putting the hat on the head of a man contest. I, I, I missed that as well. Yeah, that and uh, but the interesting thing about that is equally, it's not something I would catch up on. But I, I no. suspect that a lot of this sort of television, that sort of television, the liveness of it is what matters. And and actually watching it on catch-up sort of yeah. doesn't feel quite... This, you know what I mean? I mean, okay, you could watch it just to see the music or to see the songs, but you couldn't... You know, you wouldn't sit there and then watch all the voting or anything mm-hmm. like that. You would possibly watch the, the two hours that the songs are performed in if you wanted to watch it at all. But I, it is interesting, that, because, again, something like these massive well, allegedly massive um, national occasions, they they do kind of draw you in as if it's as if the entire nation is watching it. And then you find out that people like yourself aren't, and people like myself aren't. We're just... There is a more ambivalence to these things. I'm not very good it, at being an observer these days. Uh, no. If I was doing... I mean, I, I hate Christmas, but I quite enjoy doing my Christmas podcast. Ah, well, you do it on your own terms. That's yeah, the thing, and that's, isn't it? Yes. And, and you can have, and it's creative, and it's challenging, and it's fun, and maybe it's sociable, and mm. um, and and it's limited to a very small part, not not five months or whatever it is. Mm. Christmas takes these things. Eurovision, yes, I've done podcast episodes about Eurovision. Mm. That was fun, and that was I, I think you and I might have done one. And um, yeah, and the, the same with the coronation. I actually thought, mm. well, I'm okay. I'm going to do a podcast. I'm, not directly about the coronation, but, but taking it on the lines of... An inspiration. What would it be like if you were mm. king? Would it be something, actually, that you'd like to be? Mm. Uh, so we, I had a, a silly chat with um, some some of my characters uh, about mm. that. So it kind of marked the event. When I look back, yeah. I go, well, I did cover it, but mm. didn't not directly. <laughs> well, when I look back at the pictures I've seen of it, in fact, the only actual live footage, I've, or rather uh, film footage of it I've seen, because I avoided the news as well that week. Mm, yeah. uh, I was being willful, but the... Uh, yeah, the, so the, I did see the clips on Have I Got News For You and that's about all I've seen of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I actually think that no matter how eccentric you got with your version, the real thing just looks basically bonkers. <laughs> I, saw, the only, I think the only thing I saw was Anton Deck looking a bit confused, but yeah, I could totally understand when you've got cameras pointing at you. You, you, you must be not sure what, what direction they're coming for. I saw some press sort of um, sort of say, oh, look, he's not, not being sincere. Well, anyone mm. standing in a queue for hours and hours mm. and hours... It, you know, it's it's something that you might want to be there for, but you're not going to be enjoying every moment of it. Television uh, presenters are people too, and I, I suspect there are photographers who spend their entire lives just trying to catch you yeah. pulling a face at the wrong moment. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, with the best will in the world, none of us can actually stand there for eight hours with a fixed grin and... You know, we're going to have that moment where you just yeah. think, "Oh, where's yeah. my pen?" or whatever. <laughs> uh, you don't. You don't. I mean, they, he, I don't think he was even presenting. He was just a, a guest, for some mm. reason. And, and um, 
you know, you don't know which direction the camera. Are you on camera? Are you not on camera? Is the camera passing now? Is it not? Is it gone? Yeah. Oh, dear. So you weren't invited yourself then? Because I, I know I, I wasn't. No, I had to turn it down. So it's just I did hear on on the you know on the, on the grapevine that some of us ordinary surfs had uh, been invited, but well, but it, I know it didn't include me. I think ordinary is a very uh, loose term that they use for people who are not me, basically. <laughs> well, you know, I, I didn't want to take all the, the attention off him. Really. Well, obviously, obviously. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, your your robes are legend. So, uh, as you haven't been involving yourself in national events, Paul, yes. uh, what have you been watching? Well, I mean, I, I, I've got I've got a list to remind myself, but I, I'll start with a perennial favourite. But I had a big sort of watching period over that weekend. Mm. I, I must have I hadn't watched any Sons and Daughters for about okay. a month and a half, and I thought I I, I really ought. And, and it was just, it's so Moorish. Cliffhanger <laughs> after cliffhanger. You start, I think I got through about four or five discs or I'd sit and watch eight episodes in a row. I can, I never do that, but it was just so, no. uh, it just, just so easily. Just, they are just, amazingly well-written from that point of view. I, I, as I, I've mentioned to you time and again, because uh, I know we always come back to Neighbours, but uh, the when, when I was unemployed mm. after college, Neighbours... I would watch it twice a day, and mm. you had to know how it sorted itself out. I think it's interesting, actually, that quiz shows seem to be developing the same format now, in mm. the sense that they have people on for two or three editions, mm. or the building prize. So actually you start to come back, not necessarily for the quiz show itself, but for the ongoing story. And I'm intrigued by this, because... Modern television, I mean, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of modern television, but modern television now has this repeat viewing thing. It, it sucks people in, so they want to see how various strands... I mean, this whole real reality television mm. thing, which, again, I, I cross streets to avoid, okay. but you can see why the way that they, the end of episodes are sort of trailed for the next mm. episode, and you see clips on the um, trailers where... You could see how people are trying to work out the narrative, how to work out the storyline, how to work out how this couple or that couple or these people, how that will unfold. And I think it's it is kind of fascinating that television has sort of picked up on that because, oddly enough, the soap opera is what did it first, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I do find that um, perhaps we're just very much against what they want us to be as viewers um we we like to do yes. our own thing make our own product and um i even find with other podcasts i i've got very bored of the few celebrity podcasts so they're mm. also neat, neatly packaged neatly mm. and and it's kind of a famous person talking to a famous mm. person but then you also heard that person on another one the other day and mm. and actually um there's not much benefit about mm. about with a famous person talking to another famous person. Mm. I, um, I, I think I, if you're interested in the person, but there, yeah. there must come a point at which, I mean, again, I know that, I mean, we are not celebrities, you and I, we're not famous people, but I actually prefer the intimacy of this show yeah. or the yeah. way we do this show, which is people who are interested in the subject rather than people who might have been in the subject. I know that kind of is, is weird and it's a very good excuse for me not having exciting big-name guests on the show. But actually, I sometimes think that the, the exciting big-name guests probably wouldn't be as interesting as somebody who really, really enjoyed Callan telling me why they really enjoyed, passionately enjoyed watching Callan. And, and, and I think that, to me, is, is it's a more interesting conversation for me to have so I like to think it's a more interesting conversation to listen to. I'm probably wrong. I'll probably get feedback telling me that you know you need to get some celebs on, but I just I'm not sure I'd want. To. They'd scare me to death anyway. To be honest, 
Yeah, I mean, also, I'm naming no names, but sometimes I've heard a famous person on a podcast who perhaps is also considered to be an expert on, I don't know, Sherlock Holmes or whatever. Mm. Um, But then, actually, they may know their stuff, but that doesn't mean to say that... Not very good at putting it across. Well, or or they don't necessarily know any better than their listeners, because their Mm. listeners also... It's, you know, everyone can study Sherlock Holmes or can Mm. study a particular type of horror film or whatever and become an expert. Um, Just Mm. because you're now famous doesn't mean that you know it better. In fact, Mm. one or two, I've heard, make quite bad Mm. mistakes. Mm. But also, it's just if you've got passion for something and you like something, Mm. you possibly do actually take more of an interest in it. I think the interesting thing to me, though, is that um, certainly if if we talk about... Again, this is a bit of a segue, but we talk about celebrities on television shows now. I mean, there's so many shows now that... I I think they've done a Race Across the World show, haven't they, recently? And now they're doing a celebrity version. And I, I read a lot of stuff on Twitter about people saying, why do they need to do that? It was more interesting being ordinary people doing it. And yet, whenever I see now one of these things comes on, it says, you know, celebrity, this celebrity. I Because I don't watch any modern television, really, or very rarely watch any. I don't know who these people are. And I know that makes you sound like the old curmudgeon say, well, I don't know who any of these people are. But actually, I simply don't. I wouldn't know. If I was in a bar next to them and people were fawning all around, I'd think they were fawning at me. (laughs) Why are these people all all gasping? Oh, I'm stood next to somebody who was big on Love Island or something. But I wouldn't know any of those shows. And I think the interesting thing, if you believe that that might be interesting, is that I had this uh, conversation the other day and we were talking about television and how it seems to be more and more geared to young, exciting people who go clubbing and go to concerts and all this kind of thing. And actually, when you think about it, the people who are sitting at home watching television are not that generation. That generation are out. So they make so much television for that youth market that's actually gone out. Okay, it's all catch-up now. It's all various different ways viewing these things and and again television nowadays seems to be more about the conversation and and the fact that people are talking about it on twitter and stuff like that but generally speaking just the television that you want to sit and watch actually the people who are sitting at home and watching it are older Mm. i mean you think about i mean i know you particularly like uh, father brown Mm. well father brown is a daytime drama and those sort of shows are designed to appeal to an older audience but actually the evening television all seems to be aimed at people who are just not the likes of us really well i have i have quick father brown doctor who crossover oh yes news but i saw it anyway officially announced so it's not too secret but well by the time I... this comes out the series both series <laughs> have been on so don't worry yeah. about it <laughs> well sylvester mccoy is uh, making a guest appearance ah. in the next season and my friend who's the ooh, whatever it is script well, I think he's even more senior now. But anyway, he sent me mm. a picture of him and Sylvester together. Um, so I, I guess it's happening now. Um, and he and, and, and my friend is a is a Doctor Who fan as well. So uh, well, Sylvester's in his eighties, isn't he? I mean, yeah, he's, you know. Um, so it's nice that he's still getting the work. Yeah, I, I think my, it's it's extra nice that my my friend is getting to sort of. Uh, sometimes work with people he's admired on shows that he likes. You should get in touch with him and say, Sylvester, Colin and Peter Davison <laughs> doing a remake of Last of the Summer Wine. We want to see it. Yeah. yeah. They, well, actually, we will come back to Peter Davison in, in, a, in my TV month in a, in a moment. Oh, OK. But uh, well, So other than Sons and Daughters, which I watched mm. a great deal of and finished mm. the end of the fifth season and mm. 
started the sixth season. Was it, it just that every single disc you got to the end of it and you just had to find out what happened I next? Kind of wanted, I kind of wanted to go straight on because there are quite a lot of my favourite plots and mm. twists and you know, one nasty character trying to get yeah. another person incarcerated into a, into a mental asylum and, <laughs> and, and, and then she thinks she's going to be set free by this kindly doctor but we mm. know as the viewers that the kindly doctor is actually one of the inmates who's been wow. given a white coat and, and has a... Oh, uh, you see, it's has, has wonderfully skin. preposterous, it, it, isn't it? it, it, it I know, but it's one. It's one what point. is there? What what separates the the soap from the sitcom? Really, I mean, the, the, it's a fine line, isn't it? Sometimes, you know, the, it's the the hilarity of it. They're, they're, certainly, in these later seasons, there is more humour. But going back to the seventies, the Australian soap number ninety six mm. had quite a lot of humour in it at times. But I think mm. actually some of the dark plots. Ban- mm. I, I was listening to your It's a Sin. Oh, yes. last night and enjoyed that and uh, you were saying um, you know well at least you saying it was, it was a mix it, it was a a, a, a a mixture of you know there were happy scenes comedy and, and drama yeah, yeah. yeah it's a and, sweet and, and I think with some of the episodes I'm watching at the moment the, the, the comic plots there's nothing mm. quite as dark well, I suppose there are characters who died in Sons and Daughters, but but mostly, you know, the drama is balanced with a, with a bit of humour. Um, yeah. Some some soaps can be very po-faced, and and I mean, there was one one character who she they got into a situation where she needed to go. I mean, even more weird because she's supposed to be the same character who was in episode one but had a plastic had plastic surgery halfway through right. is now played by a completely different <laughs> actress and actually the character i think is far more fun now and far more they do far more diverse things with the second version of this character yeah. than they did um including her dressing up as a very tarty woman so she can kind of find her way into this black and, and just seeing the character i just sat there with a biggest smile on my face just, this is so ridiculous but i love it i love it is the plastic surgery part of the plot? Or... Yes, yes. It See, I always wonder: is 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 any real life plastic surgery as good as they make it out? <laughs> well, I mean, that, that adds a foot to your height and stuff yes, like that. I, think you know? she did. I, I can't remember if she got smaller or taller, but anyway, she she I think got more sort of. Um, yeah, more yeah. petite um, somehow. Yeah. They lost the bones. <laughs> but um... so, uh, how many hours? What was the most number of hours you sat just watching um, consecutive sons and daughters? I don't know. So two, but perhaps I broke for a bit of editing. That's the thing. Right, doing the the editing. But you got this box set of the next year's worth, didn't you? Now, I mean, if you binge through it in about three weeks, does that mean you've got to wait another forty-seven weeks before you get some more to watch? No, I've got everything now. It's all come out, so I'm into the final season. Although Facebook reminded me of of some things I posted last year, and Mm. I and I think that. I think I was watching the second or third mm. season. I can't quite remember. Mm. Possibly second season about this mm. time last year. So I, I've I've made it last. I ha- I haven't gone mm. too over the top. But um, mm. is it good enough that you're going to go right back to the beginning and run through it all uh, again? Uh, I, I will do it at some point, but I don't mm. know quite when. Although uh, a friend of mine who I've known for a while and mm. we started doing episodes of my podcast together. Mm. And he likes Australian soap, so we have mm. discussed watching the first three episodes of. Mm. of Sons and Daughters in the first few mm. episodes of Young Doctors to mm. then have a conversation about it. Mm. Um, so I probably will have to go back and do that. I did a thing, you know, a few years ago when, you know, you would buy the box set. But sometimes the time between the box set was six months or something mm. between yeah. them being released. And I'd watch it all, you know, within a couple of weeks of getting it. And then the next one would come along and I hadn't a clue. I hadn't, I couldn't remember okay. where all the threads were. So you end up having to go back and watch the previous one. <laughs> Well, that's why just I've, to work yeah, out where you were. I it has taken a couple, 
two, maybe three or four years for the whole six mm. seasons to come out, and mm. they weren't releasing more than say two a year. But so I was kind of letting them build up a bit, so I knew I had a. Do they stop at a random point, or do they always stop at a point where you can naturally stop? Well, these box sets of Sons and Daughters have been literally the episodes that came out in right. 1983, episodes that came out yeah. in 1984, so you're getting them in season box sets. And that's so you get to the New Year's Eve episode, and there might be a massive storyline, but you have yeah. to wait six... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, well, although Australian soaps tend to finish in early December, they don't... Ah, they okay. don't. Well, so I think they still... Yeah, I think they still do, actually. They don't um, do so, the Christmas porn that we do. They, no, they might, <laughs> do a, they, they might do something, but it'll still be finished. You might get right. it a bit early. But, I mean, Home and Away tends, I think, finishes sort of mid-December right. and then comes back in mm. late January. So mm. it's, not running twi- it's not running 12 months a year. Mm. But talking about Neighbours, another thing I've been re-watching is mm. because, and the line-up to it com- coming back in about September, mm. I think, is when it's supposed to be coming back. Mm. All thanks to uh, Vision on Sound. I like no, of course. It was all our fault. Yeah. I mean, it's all... Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, again, they... that's the interesting thing, because you, uh, you, 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 I know you talked about the end of Neighbours on a, on mm. a previous show, and, and, yeah. and, we, and we know it's now been resurrected. Yeah. But they genuinely managed to round off whatever it was, 36 years of storylines satisfactorily mm. in that last episode. Yeah. When you watch Sons and Daughters, do you know how it finished or, um, or did you yeah, never see? No, yeah. I did see the end. And did it conclude satisfactorily or was there a lot left hanging when that stopped? Well, I mean, one of the main characters gets murdered by her husband oh. in the last few seconds of the show. So you and never actually see how that affects all the other characters. And that but... never got resolved. That didn't get resolved, but the the I guess the resolution of the story was that he, her abusive husband finally killed her. But then that that means also doesn't means probably that he's finally going to get caught caught up mm. for for the things he'd done in the last year or so. Of the show. And nobody did a kind of even a follow up movie. No, no. no? Um, right. I mean, but there were other things. There were lots of things going on in that last episode. There was like a yeah. wedding. There was. They even did a round a sort of. The, the final... These are twenty-five minute episodes. Yeah, yeah um, <laughs> wow. although I think the last episode may have been screened as a longer yeah. episode. But mm. the the very last scene, because the very first scene is two people turning up at a, a boarding house with the new newly born twins, mm. and the last scene is the same character running a boarding house and and a couple turn up with ah. newborn twins. Um, so it's kind of like cyclical, <laughs> yeah. the great circle of life. Yeah. You see, um, all human life can be found in these Australian soaps. Yeah. We should but, never forget that. But because the channel that's going to be showing the new series is showing the la- is sort of streaming the last ten years. But really, yeah, all te- so ten years. It, I mean, it's it, it started with twenty twelve and then mm. twenty thirteen and then it started to double up. And I think mm. some said that by by August. It'll all be on up until 2022, and then it'll be ready to start again in September. When will you get time to sleep? Well, I mean, <laughs> I said to my mum, there's no way I'm going to get through, you know, just 2012 is something like 280 episodes. Yes. Um, and each year would be about that long, except for the last year. And um, and also, the closer I get to 2022, mm. I mean, I pretty much started watching it in 2012, I, and mm. I... I don't know that I want to watch episodes I only saw three or four years ago mm. again. But if I watch it very slowly and they still remain there, I guess mm. if in five years' time mm. I, I, it's still on there, maybe I will be ready to see 2020 mm. again or something. But, it's weird, though, isn't it? Because they don't work as fragments. You can't, say, watch every fifth one okay. or something like that or every tenth one. Or you know, I, I know um, when I talked to uh, Lisa and Andrew about Crossroads and they were mm. saying the frustration of the early seasons oh, of Crossroads okay. is how little of it... Yeah. 
so you get you get involved in a storyline and then you never know how it sorts itself out mm-hmm. and so and i imagine i mean I, it's funny actually i don't really understand because obviously i don't watch a lot of soaps but is there a kind of key episode every 10 or so which sort of recaps the last 10 but <laughs> well the can be, i mean most of the episodes start mm. with more than just the cliffhanger recapped mm. it usually starts with a, a mm. sort of two or three minute mm. thing that's been going over perhaps the last week or, mm. or, or, or key moments or, mm. and also i think you tend to have a bigger cliffhanger on a friday mm. And it, and if for some reason they've got out of sync showing them, you can go, mm. oh, this was this was meant to be on a Friday because mm. it's a really good cliffhanger. Well, do you remember seventies television when they used to have a very an out of vision presenter used to do a voiceover explaining what had happened in the story so far? Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. Uh, Last week at Mallory Towers, you know, John found this, but Barry found this, and the, all this kind the, of thing. The did they, they never did that on, on the soaps. No, not really, but I, yeah, I was thinking from what you said, but they often did, like, on the classic serial, but, they, but they, mm. it would be like a, a not, not a moving picture, it would be like a, mm. a few stills from... Yes, that's um, right, yeah. Johnny's done. <laughs> well, I was remembering the ITV strike when Noel Gordon had to sort of fill in what had been happening at the crossroads uh, hotel while yeah. whilst these terrible ITV technicians had been been, <laughs> been taking away your television fun. <laughs> I don't think she quite put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it's weird because the 2012. The, the, I, th- I think mm. in the maybe in the late. Can 90s, you get synopses, Paul? Is there something that just puts every single episode and tells you what happened in no. it in five sentences or something no. like that? No, but I think I remember. You haven't written it yet. It wasn't in a period I was watching Neighbours, but I do remember mm. watching that episode, and there seemed to be a point where they almost had the episodes almost not exactly standalone, but they didn't necessarily finish with a cliffhanger. And even in 2012, they're more someone says a statement and then maybe walks mm. out, and that's the cliffhanger. Mm. They're not sort of oh my goodness, is someone going to get run over by a car? Mm. Uh, you know, type cliffhangers, which is mm. the type of cliffhangers I I, I prefer. Well, you I like hear them. the screech, and you hear yeah, the thud, yeah, and yeah. the close up of a face going ah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the, the 2012 seems to be more sort of uh, esoteric. Yeah, cliffhangers <laughs> that don't necessarily need. Uh, it's um, the excellence floor, isn't it? It's like a close up on a floor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but. Uh, um, yeah, so when it comes to rewatching that, I mean, I suppose the end of Neighbours was traumatic enough for you and recent enough for you to not really need a reminder when it picks up again, is it? I mean, yeah, I it's supposed probably to be know set, what happened. Yeah, it's supposed to be set two years after that anyway, so mm. I guess they'll just. Um, I think a lot of the characters are still going to be there. So, but I mean, it's time travelling, it won't be in real time. No, it'll be, I guess it'll be in 2024 or something. Ooh, slightly in the future. Yeah. Wow. Space <laughs> neighbours. They'll all be wearing tinfoil. It's going to be brilliant. Uh, bouncer, you know. Well, bouncer <laughs> hasn't been gone for years. But, uh, bouncer um, in a helmet. Oh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be a glass tank where they put his head. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me tell you about some of the other things I've mm. watched. Some of them more detailed than other, perhaps. But uh, I've been watching Inside Number Nine because there's a new ah, season of right. that out. Right. Uh, I'm it... still catching up on that. I think I'm on about season five. We we mm. we did a big because I mean actually your your recommendation. We started watching it. And mm. I think we got to about halfway through season five and then found something else to watch and yeah. haven't been back yet. But so what... we're about four seasons behind. But yeah, uh... one of those seasons around that point is one of my favourites because mm. I think every... I do find it sometimes can be quite patchy um, mm. or because 
I think I, I have the mind I have. Mm. I'm kind of perhaps writing in a similar genre. So mm. I'm like, yeah, I can see what the twist is going to be because mm. I've written something similar. Not saying mm. I'm writing it at their no. level. And obviously, no one's watching it in the same way as they But no, no, no. again, it's like we said about podcasts. They the inspire. The, the way That's the mind, the the, well, the, I mean, the way the mind works just because you're famous or not famous doesn't mean to say mm. that you haven't done that idea first, just that they've mm. done it, and some people do. But um, I think yeah, the next is... one we've got is is either a group of people in a lift. I think that's the one we're, we're mm. just about up to, I think. Mm. Or or, or um, at least that's the way it looks like. I think uh, we've reached... The one, last one I remember watching is the two comedians, you know, the... I think the... that might be one of my favourite seasons. Mm. There is definitely that season where I like virtually everyone in the world, mm. and, and yet maybe a season before there was only perhaps one in the whole season I liked. Mm. But sometimes I don't like it because I do get the twist and people mm. have said, oh, this is brilliant. And I'm like... Mm. But, it's only brilliant if you get the references, it, isn't it? That's the well, thing. I mean, so, sometimes, or if, you, if you're not so familiar with the genre, mm. you see it and you think... Wow, you know this is amazing. But then, if you're like us, you're like, yeah, they did that in Twilight Zone, they did that in Night Gallery, they did that. Yeah, in but we're possibly <laughs> we're possibly at the right age, aren't we? That's the interesting yeah. thing about it because they're I, they're more or less the same age as, yeah. as we are. So right? that's the thing. So actually, their their points of reference yeah. would be the same as ours. Really. Which I think is sometimes it's not a problem for. Some people say, "Ah, oh, you're much younger than I am." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we still watch the same era of TV, yeah. and. Um, yeah, I think maybe that's where it doesn't always work because we are mm. we already know some of the tropes that they're mm. using. Whereas my mum, like she watched, there was a there was a quite good one this week, mm. um, which involved internet dating. I won't say any more. But okay. my mum didn't get the twist, but I kind of I suspected the twist, and it was mm. when I was right. Well, but, you're between um, the worlds, you see, Paul. That's the thing. You're one of these modern people, you know, with all the modern sort of stuff but you've also got this mind that goes back to the older stuff so you're you're right you're perfect for an inside I, number nine I'm, I'm probably a little bit curmudgeonly and old you know <laughs> well i think the trouble the trouble if it is trouble it's not really because you don't mm. expect them to be dead serious mm. but sometimes it's that comedy because they come from a comedy background but they also mm. like the sort of do the sort of twisty type stuff it's mm. getting the balance of how much mm. comedy you're putting in, how much mm. serious stuff you're putting. Where, where does the com or where does yeah. the comedy enter the episode? It gets dark at times, doesn't it? Inside number nine, it gets very dark when yeah. when heads are exploding in the last few seconds of an episode. Or I do remember specifically enjoying the because um, we've been doing a bit of crosswording, the crossword one, the oh, cryptic yes. crossword episode. I did, yeah. I did particularly enjoy that one. But that's purely because we at that time we were getting quite into the idea of cryptic yeah. crosswording but that i f remember it being quite dark yeah one of as the, an idea of the first episode because they do one at christmas which i think counts mm. as being part of this season mm. and then it's been like another four months well i think before. that might be the first one i ever saw actually i think uh, i'd got i'd gone yeah. to that because of mm. people have been telling me like yourself uh, yeah. how mm. how good a show it was yeah the, the first episode when they came back to really the second episode of this mm. season was quite gory for the time, mm. and I also my mum. I know my mum watches it. I'm, I, it's, sometimes it doesn't really bother me, but I'm thinking there's quite a lot of swearing in this episode. I don't ah. think I don't think it's really necessary to be quite mm. this sweary. And my mum's watching, and, mm. and and they've just cut someone's foot off, and, mm. and, and and I'm not watching a horror film. I'm watching Inside Number Nine. Mm. I'm not quite expecting foots being cut off, mm. but. 
So my oldie parents, well, I'll have been uh, eighties, seventies. Yeah, my mum's pretty good for watching. Okay, so you, I suppose you've got to remember that fifty years ago they were only about thirty, you know, and that, yeah. when when these shows their reference, <laughs> yeah, were on, yeah, yeah. they but were I mean, probably my, they were probably there at the Wicker Man premiere. You know, <laughs> my mum watches well Taggart and things like that, so she mm. she'd have seen feet being cut off. Yeah, but, but yeah. you know, um, at the very least with Taggart, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Midsummer <laughs> murders. Oh my God! I mean, yeah. anything goes. You know, yeah. any um, kitchen implement. <laughs> I'll tell you two more shows I've been watching The Coven okay. and then I'll jump back to one that's older that I've only just started watching okay. um, I watched and I'm not sure if this is the proper title but basically hmm. Ruby Wax on a Desert Island Ruby Wax on a Desert, on a Desert Island, Island. On, a okay. cha- on Channel 5 I can't remember quite what the full title was but that's actually the comedian uh, and writer and therapist Ruby Wax not yeah. the Ruby Wax on an Island that's yeah. a different thing <laughs> I'll uh, let me find out if I can get the, okay. title, the actual title just in case you want to watch it Oh, Ruby Wax Castaway. Ah, it's, just, it's a okay. two-part thing. Joanna Lumley appeared on it because she, about 30 years ago, did something very similar. Oh, okay. Um, when she was on a desert island, of course, they're friends mm. from yeah, from comedy and stuff. Well, I, I imagine there's a lot of uh, people of a certain age who, if they were landed on a desert island and Joanna Lumley turned up, they'd be quite happy. I mean, Yeah, well, Joanna Lumley is a more calmer character and seems to cope with it. So she's not places. she's not just basically been left on a beach with eight records and a and a book. I mean, she's... <laughs> no, they I mean poor Ruby Wax had a pretty awful time weather wise. Mm. Not quite sure now exactly where they were, but mm. I mean somewhere that should have been sunnier than it was, but they got caught in some sort of um, typhoon or something. Yeah, and and, and and a lot of it was very wet and then when mm. it wasn't wet it looked just looked like Brownsea Island on a wet Ah, well, I love the fact that they film out a season for Death in Paradise, and you can sometimes see it absolutely tonking it down with rain in the background of the (laughs) woods. Yeah, but yeah, so I I don't know if it would have been different if Mm. if if the weather had been better, or she'd have gone further afield, or. I don't know. I, th- I think actually watching people sort of slightly suffering is actually slightly more entertaining. I suspect that the producers probably thought, you know. I mean, when you think about what's the um, the book we all had to read uh, about the children? Um, oh, um, yes. I keep thinking Far From the Madding Crowd, but it's not that, is it? It's uh, with Piggy and... Yeah. Um... Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, that Lord of the Flies is basically it's on an island and everybody's suffering. You know, I think that somehow people, because we are basically all uh, sadists, the viewers these days. I, if we can get some peril, some false I, jeopardy, we'll be happy. I have a, a connection to um, Lord of the Flies in that oh, yeah? uh, William Golding was a <laughs> once upon a time you had to murder your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. William Golding, the writer of Lord of the Flies, was oh, an yes. English teacher at. Bishop Wordsworth School in Salisbury. Right. Not when I was there, but he was the teacher when my English teacher had been uh, at school. So your and, second generation flies. Well, yeah, and the English teacher said that he was part of the class that inspired right. William Golding. But ah, okay. he could he could have said anything, really, and mm. I, I don't know how much to believe. It rather depends say, on, yeah. did he resemble one of the characters in the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, because he was... He was uh, this was in the 80s and mm. he was about in his 50s or more mm. then so I, I, he, I, he didn't look much like a schoolboy by then so mm. I'm not sure who he would look like but uh, it always fascinates me Lord of the Flies in the fact that they always seem to give it to school children to read yeah, yeah. <laughs> giving them ideas <laughs> yeah well I mean we did Sylvia Plath at school oh. and I really my mum read something the other day and she said I know you said it was a weird choice of poem 
mm. a poet to study at school and mm. I didn't really take much notice at the time but now I've read some she was like yes you're completely right this, mm. what on earth are they thinking giving of all the poets to pick mm. she wouldn't mm. necessarily be the one to well it could have been Larkin I suppose but at least you weren't filling your pockets with rocks on the way home that's the thing <laughs> no but it, it just made me write spoof versions of my poetry mm. which led to me writing my own thing so in, in a weird way I'm, I'm you are I'm the dad. legacy of I'm Sylvia Plath as well <laughs> you're basically what happened when William Golding met Sylvia Plath <laughs> this is the outcome <laughs> Yeah. So Ruby Wax cast away. Yeah. Well, how enjoyable was it? I mean, you said there was some actual struggle, some false jeopardy. Yeah, but as, I mean, as I think that go. was always going to be a problem for Ruby with her own mental health. Which anyway. channel is this on? Uh, this was on, on Channel Five. Channel Five. So does it do that horrible thing they do now before every commercial break? They recap the last ten minutes and look <laughs> forward to the quite next ten. Bad minutes. That. I don't know whether right. I watched it on streaming, so I had to mm. start to put up with adverts and mm. then there's nothing worse you're watching it on streaming and you're having to get for the adverts and then accidentally you just catch the keyboard and mm. it knocks it off and then you have to go but i did that today watching home and away uh-huh. uh, well, i cut I, the internet went a couple of times and then when it came back i had to see another seven minutes of that i'm like i've seen these, these adverts the perils of watching television in the modern age um. It used to be so much simpler, didn't it? You know, the adverts came on, you went and made a cup of tea. Ah, it's yeah. just, you know. I mean, yes, that's another one, of course. I have been keeping up with Home and Away, and I'm, mm. I've had some, some of my favourite characters have left recently, but I think we've, we've spoken enough about it, so, so I won't talk too much about it. That's an ongoing thing for me. <laughs> I always come back to you for my soap updates, Paul, and I'm sure the <laughs> listeners absolutely love to hear them, so I really don't, I wouldn't worry about it. The other thing I watched, which was another documentary, although I haven't finished watching it, is mm-hmm. it's got, I think it's called The Big Steam Adventure. It's got John Sargent. Oh, okay. and Peter Davison. Oh, um, I think I saw a trailer for that, yes. And um, I only really watched it because Peter Davison was on it, to be honest. Mm. But not that it's not enjoyable. He's got to that age, hasn't he? I mean, he's in his 70s now. I mean, that, that still doesn't compute with me that Peter Davison's yeah. in his 70s. I mean, he doesn't no. even He should always 70s. be 29 and holding a cabbage, you know. It just yeah. sort of makes sense. <laughs> when, he's, when he's got his flat cap on, you don't necessarily see that his hair's receded either. Mm. He doesn't look 70. I'd no. say he looks 55 or 60, mm. maybe. He, he's quite well preserved for 70. <laughs> uh, well, I think generally people are getting better preserved. I suppose it's to do with, I don't know, what's that stuff that a lot of chaps who aren't me put on their faces? Yes. <laughs> yes, possibly. Yes. Probably the easiest. Probably help. Okay, Green sure. gloop of some kind. Yes. Well, but, that, uh, what's it, that thing from um, moisturizer. That's the word yeah. I'm screaming well, to find and failing. Not, not royal jelly from uh, from Tales uh, Unexpected. Not, not this time. Not this time. <laughs> but no, it's interesting, isn't it? It does seem to be a kind of. It's funny, my partner pointed out a few days ago, there seems to be now this whole tendency to just send celebrities on holiday. And there's a whole raft of television now, which is various people who you recognise who haven't necessarily got acting work, but they get commissioned to do these strange shows. I mean, I don't know whether John Sargent and Peter Davison were chums at all. I'm trying to work it out, really. I'm trying to work out whether they were put together... By the production company. Yeah, or whether they did know each other. Mm. I think... Yeah, John Sargent's particularly interested in steam trains. And there's mm. a third guy who I don't think is famous who mm. is an expert. I think he's mm. more of a friend of John Sargent. Mm. But it's a guarantee of people who are good on camera, isn't it? That's that's yeah. the beauty of it. You know, they put these things together. I mean, I've recently been watching... I got drawn into it because I happened to be round at uh, my partner's parents' house one evening and I ended up watching The Hairy Biker's Mediterranean Adventure, which is about five years old now. But again, people who are good on camera, you can make series after series after series with them. Yeah, yeah. And 
obviously other than that I've been continuing to watch my favourite YouTube channels but we've talked mm. about those quite recently but the other show just before we move on I mean, what does the Steam adventure actually involve well I think I've only really seen the first episode and they start mm. in London so they I think they get on around Greenwich and they go on a steam boat and right, then, it's a boat thing. Well, to start with, and then they get off the boat around Tower get Hill an and get on engine. a little steam car. Right. Um, and then they go to a railway station, they go across right. town, and they get on a steam train. And, right. And then I, I don't know... So it's modes of transport that were steam-powered, yeah. basically. Yeah, okay. I, think so I wasn't up. sure whether they were restoring them no, or whether think, they were actually just travelling. So they're just travelling. I think they're going up. I don't know where they're finishing, but they're going up north. Mm. But, uh, but I think there's four episodes, so about four mm. hours worth. Or yeah, maybe right. slightly less, but, yeah, I'll get through it. And it's entertaining, and, and they're, they're good company and all that kind of thing. You enjoy, yeah. Yeah, enjoy I mean, travelling with them. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. and I haven't watched a show quite like this for a while. I did go through mm. a stage of there was, again, it was always Doctor Who connections. There was a mm. caravanning type one with mm. Colin Baker was on one, mm. and then there was a canal boat one. I, used, mm. I watched a couple of seasons of those. Didn't Sylvester was... McCoy spend some time in a hotel somewhere? Oh, yes, did I, did watch watch, I did watch that one as well. Mm. That, that was connected with that mm. film series as well. Mm. It? Well, well, it's obviously you know, lucrative that you can keep the money rolling in when you're in, in your 70s and 80s. It's a way of doing it, isn't it? And you yeah. know, people will watch. And to be fair, Doctor Who fans, a lot of them will watch anything that yeah. their favourites are in. Yeah. I suspect one or two of them are a bit too old now. I don't think Tom's going to do any of that stuff anytime soon. But No, but yeah, I mean, that's why it's worth having these older characters coming back into mm. Doctor Who because, you know, I mean, and there are a lot of fans of, of newer Doctor Who that mm. have gone back to old Doctor Who, so it's mm. not even just old fans that want to see mm. the old characters. There's quite a lot of mm. younger people who are doing these YouTube channels where they watch things for the first time, mm. and mm. and it's sort of, you know, I'm sure they'd just be just as excited to see, I don't know, Tegan turn up or whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But... The other show I've started, but again, haven't watched loads of it yet, is mm. the show Lucifer. Ah, um, now I, I've actually seen a lot of Lucifer. Probably seen more than I have. Weirdly, for some reason, the first three years were available in one place for a very long time and then nothing else. And then the last three years were available on somewhere else, so we were able to see them. And then the first three years were found again. Uh, my partner has watched Lucifer possibly three times through. <laughs> so I don't pay a lot of attention, but I am kind of familiar with it. Yeah, I, I'm watching, I think I'm watching, I'm watching it on Channel 5, mm. but there's only the first three seasons. But then aren't the last three seasons made by Netflix. So unless I have They Netflix, were on Netflix. Uh, well, I don't, when, yeah. and I don't have, ago. I don't have Netflix now. So mm. if I get as far as season three, mm. I think if I get as far as the end of season three, I think the, the box set's only about... 50 quid so mm. if i've got that far and i still like it then i'll mm. i'll probably just buy the whole set but mm. uh, and they are um I, I do think that they from what i remember they were kind of each of the two three season chunks were kind of self-contained mm. so you know i don't think there's a lot that you need to necessarily mm. you know i don't think you'll be left to at the end of season three. I may be wrong, I can't remember. It was on quite a lot, and I did see quite a lot of it, but I wasn't massively invested in it, which sometimes happens with this show. It's funny enough, because my partner's also just watched all of Nikita from ten years ago. Mm. And the same thing, it was on a lot in the room, and I would sort of follow vague storylines, but I wasn't giving it my full attention, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I have quite enjoyed the five, six episodes I've watched so far. Mm. 
But oh, it's basically the devil is a detective in LA, yeah. isn't he? Basically, yeah. I mean, not <laughs> for people so, who don't know the show. <laughs> not so different from Angel, really, because mm. um, because I'm sure that was it. That was LA as well, wasn't it? It and, was. Uh, yes. And, and again, he and he's a sort of baddie. Less of a buddy cop show, though. I think it wasn't. Yeah. You know, Angel had his team. Yes. Whereas Lucifer was, he was the advisor, wasn't he? He was the um, of, yeah. consultant. Yes, consultant, yes. Uh, and obviously working with the. Uh, LAPD. And there's so, one, yeah. or two, one or two other sort of characters who know mm. who, who know him mm. uh, or, or from his old life. <laughs> well, again, it's funny because those kinds of shows specifically are doing what the soaps did. They are very good at having those cliffhanger out mm. to draw you back to make sure you watch the next one. I mean, it kind of makes me slightly nostalgic for the non-cliffhanger television, the kind of self-contained Rockford Files type television or Tarsky Nutch, where everything would be forgotten at the beginning of the next episode. It's like, you know, they, they could be shown in any order and nobody really minded, but uh, there is a definite narrative thrust to these shows nowadays that, mm. you know, things are referred back to in a head on. And of course, that's much more sophisticated storytelling and it's a very good television but it's uh, it is interesting because now i don't think you can just go to the shelf and say oh i'll watch an episode of lucifer you end up watching eight of them on the bounce yeah i think um you know, there's definitely things that are kind of like, maybe season arcs in, in mm. what i'm watching at the moment i mean i sort of with, with the fictional episodes of my podcast mm. i do have ongoing things but then i mm. also do do separate standalone episodes but mm. i mean only i know that you have mm. to have listened to them to know that. Like, it's not like they're flagged up on the screen. You can listen to this one and it doesn't matter no. if you haven't heard the rest of it. So, um, you haven't the, basically started doing uh, cliffhangers out of your show to the next show. And... Well, yeah, I have done that. I have done that, mm. but, but not, not every week. Not mm. every plot line. It's, but, you know, it's a bit of a mixture. Because uh... everything we learned, we learned through watching these kinds of programmes. So yeah, everything we mm. know about story structure and episode structure. And, well, everything you know. I mean, I don't do any of that stuff because I'm basically a bit rubbish but uh, but no the, yeah that kind of thinking it's actually got into all of our heads it's funny because the playwrights didn't do that you didn't sort of you know no. arthur miller didn't write a play and sort of ended on a cliffhanger and say well I'll just wait till i've written my next play yeah i mean i like to consider myself a relatively expert in cliffhangers having mm. done 3,200 and something when I did my Southern Park mm. and I'm, I'm familiar with the concept uh, did, it, uh, and, did and, you and, uh, did your I mean your your video show people might not know you did like you say 3,000 episodes of a video show back in the 90s didn't you yeah, yeah. and um, it basically you, you, every single one had a cliffhanger yeah yeah. wow um, because I love cliffhangers because um, you'd been taught this by the shows you were watching yeah and, and I, was, I was saying to you earlier that I'm more of a fan of the cliffhanger than I am the genre. I the only, <laughs> the only reason it didn't matter what show it was. You just like the cliffhanger. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that's probably why I do like soaps. It's not because I necessarily like. I mean, I don't like the soapy, soapy stuff, the mm. romance stuff very much. Anyway, I like the the murderous sort of stuff or the yeah. sort of where where the cat where the the viewers. But that's know, that's the ongoing stuff. arc. I mean, you grew up watching Doctor Who. I know you're a Doctor yeah, Who fan, yeah. but Doctor Who. Obviously, if it was a four-parter, there wasn't generally a cliffhanger into the next story, and no. it happened a few times. Yeah. Occasionally, they linked it. More in the but, 60s, if anything. So, actually. does that mean every fourth episode of the Doctor Who, you were really kind of disappointed that it didn't... No, but sometimes fourth episodes have been my... Well, I mean, it's finishing stories is always... Mm. Because 
well, like with the soap opera, you don't have mm. to wind everything up every four episodes. Mm. But Doctor Who does have to wind, mm. largely has to wind every everything up. Every story has to sort of be self-contained to a certain extent. I mean, I know they cliffhangered out to the Dalek one, didn't they, from... Mm. Uh, whichever the uh, episode before that was. but And I know, like you say, in the 60s, they did actually cliffhanger into yeah. the next story, which was, uh, which, uh, well, certainly in the early 60s. But. And they, they, I can't remember whether they used to do it in, say, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, but in mm. Lost in Space, they, they used of to Of course they did, yes. Yeah. Yes, um, they did, right. Uh, they, they'd finish, about, finish mm. the story and then have about three or four minutes. Mm. And... Um, now, Voyage was more self-contained, but yes, no, you're right. Uh, Lost in Space did time, do so. Time, I think Time, time Tunnel did, did as well. Um, yeah. And things like Quantum Leap much mm. later did because mm. they'd always, he'd always Sam would always jump into the next pod, so you'd see mm. what he was going to do, you know, and it, or he'd suddenly and, he'd, and it would be, uh, uh, you know, mm. what? <laughs> How do you feel about the cheat in the cliffhanger though? Because uh, I mean, I obviously grew up watching, and I know they were old when I was watching them, mm. the the old Flash Gordon serials and the Buck Rogers serials and all that kind of thing, and sometimes the cliffhanger was you know the spaceship exploded and then the week after the spaceship exploded but you just saw him getting out in time yeah, yeah that's not really but i fair. think on the whole doctor who specifically but the soaps generally they don't cheat it that much do they no i mean i remember and in fact when they did that cliffhanger cliffhanger in dragonfire mm. um with Sylvester mccoy and that was considered a little bit of a cheat at the time and mm. and, and it was considered a bit of a oh you know that that's mm. not quite fair. so but i think it was more of an exception when that that mm. happened oh where the mysterious path that was underneath the where sheer drops like, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah mm. it looks like he was mm. going to drop and then actually you see it's not mm. much of a drop um that that was uh, but that's a that's a postmodern nod and a wink at the audience yes, really it was, isn't it to that, certain isn't extent. It? Yeah. but i remember at the time it getting a, a some people liked it, some people didn't like mm. it. And it um, but generally, mm. they, they're pretty genuine with their cliffhangers. Mm. And I think I remember, the, the one I remember most clearly is, I think it's the John Pertwee, Plant of the Spiders, where the cliffhanger they chuck in half an episode before okay. you get to the cliffhanger point in one of the episodes I can't remember which one it is but I just remember even you know at that age thinking hold on <laughs> well the, going back to um, uh, Sons and Daughters the end of season mm. 5 that I've just rewatched. Mm. the cliffhanger they really pile on there must be about six cliffhangers mm. there's a, a little boy falls over on an island with a knife <laughs> and, and 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 they're stranded on the island and so one right. of the characters swims off the island and then a shark turns up wow. and then somebody else somewhere else gets kicked by a horse mm. somebody else tries to break into a safe and finds a snake inside which bites them and then right. they can't get out of the study because the, the lock's deliberately been tampered because oh the person who's put the snake in the safe knew that they would probably turn up and, and, and there's, oh, there, I think there's another one or two somebody somebody who's just got married bumps into somebody who says hello i'm so-and-so's wife and you're like, just a minute so yeah, there's about five six cliffhangers um you should be working in publicity for these shows because this sounds absolutely <laughs> exciting my idea of sons and daughters is i suppose because i've never seen it is <laughs> i i get this idea that it's all uh set on in this one street like most of the other soaps no. and here you are telling me these deserted islands and and and, and, and and breaking into offices and oh it sounds yeah. like almost sounds like dallas but that's why i, I mean it is the nearest one of the nearest that i think they might have even had some maybe unsuccessful attempts at doing Dallas and, and dynasty type soaps mm, mm. that never really have been out on on dvd but mm. sons and daughters was quite successful because it had that sort of 
the rich family, but then it had the poor family. It never mm. quite had... The, sometimes watching Dynasty, I just get sick of all these rich, entitled people. Yeah. You, you get more of a balance because the mm. characters mix in Sons and Daughters. I think it's interesting that American television seems very good at doing wealthy but not so good at doing poor. I mean, the Waltons accepted, perhaps. But I think it's interesting that I've watched other shows from other countries trying to emulate that, and somehow they always kind of look a bit tacky. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really understand. Um, I, I think Sons and Daughters was considered to be not doing so well by the time it was mm. axed. But it was replaced by Neighbours and Home and Away, which, uh, compared to Sons and Daughters, mm. it's... it's, it's not as exciting not in the way <laughs> not in the way that you don't get safes, snakes in safes mm. and you don't get the sharks and obviously it's a very oh, safe, sharks in safes already. yeah i could get put my teeth in but um you, you, the shark is quite clearly um i mean on the commentary the guy who was doing the swimming said mm. it was a there was a boat with, with a with a fake shark a fin, fin yeah. that you know, may come out of the water and, mm. and um but you've the, seen the, jaws haven't you but <laughs> the, the, the 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 what i was going to say about you get the six cliffhangers, but what they mm. do, like what, how you uh, how you said, when they recapped it next season, mm. they dealt with each cliffhanger. They didn't show it like it had been shown at the end mm. of the season. They mm. they showed each cliffhanger and then resolved it and then moved mm. on. So yes, it took about it took about half the episode to get through all the cliffhangers that they <laughs> set up the previous year. But I mean, thinking of my own experiences of cliffhangers. Mm. Um, and also kind of tying it in with Inside Number 9, hmm. I was in the lucky situation where I was sort of spoofing these shows in the way that, hmm. to a certain extent, Inside Number 9 is a spoof, or at least it's a comedy. Hmm. I was able to do something silly or, hmm. or you know, I was always, at what they say, jump, jumping the shark, back to sharks, hmm. jumping the shark. Hmm. I mean, my series was, it started, <laughs> hmm. it jumped the shark before it started. So I was able... But you were yeah. the showrunner for the entire run, weren't you? I mean, yeah. You had uber control over your own show yeah. I, i'm always fascinated by these stories you hear of co-writers writing mm. alternate episodes yeah. and and writing in a cliffhanger that they had no clue how it was going to be got <laughs> out i mean at least when you're writing it and controlling it you have to at least have a vague idea how you're going to get did I, you ever write a cliffhanger where you literally hadn't a clue how you're going to get out of it well, I mean, because we were recording at an It's the end of everything! <laughs> Universe Explodes is a difficult one to come back from. Well, sometimes I have, I've written stuff with friends where we passed, mm. we, back in the days of when we wrote it in books, uh, like mm. by hand, we mm. passed the book around and leave a cliffhanger ah. and the next person would go. So I've done it as a writing exercise before now. I, when I did my, my own show, obviously this... this before it sounds, mm. it was very much home, home video and all that sort of thing. Mm. But we still ran, we still did it like it. We took it seriously, even though it was silly. Yeah. Um, but I, I, there was one or two people who I improvised with who I knew that when we met up, they mm. would take over for the day, and I'd just be mm. an actor for the day. And, mm. and unless they suggested doing something, I was really like, no, 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 I'm not going to mm. climb that tree and throw myself off it or, mm. or whatever. Otherwise, when I saw them, I let them. Well, what a prima donna, aren't you? Glad you didn't have them on your show. Yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> I, and also, we we were slightly different to Sons and Daughters in that it depended how much tape I had left on my camcorder. Ah, I would try budget. and get complete episodes. Budget restrictions. I, yeah. I would try and get, like, on a 45-minute tape, maybe mm. three or four episodes, or on a 30-minute tape, maybe three episodes. Mm. But basically, if I, I'd only left eight minutes at the end of, of a tape, then mm. 
largely unless there was some inserts we recorded separately Mm. generally i was like okay we've got three minutes to get to get to the next cliffhanger so i don't think your experiences are that different though to to uh, uh, you know what people would call real television really ultimately i i suspect these kind of criteria are exactly what comes to mind for everybody else as well. Well, when wow. you hear about shows that kind of, they, they kind of say once the camera started rolling, you had to keep going. Mm. Like, I mean, Lisa was saying that about Crossbones, wasn't she? Mm. That, um, yeah, once it started, you didn't get a second take. Mm. And uh, yeah, we didn't used to really stop things. We used to just kind of snigger and move on. Uh, mm. But, uh, so yeah. Similar. Well, you know, I mean, well, ultimately, you when you think about it, even back in the 60s, you know, you had people like Spike Milligan would have been doing the what are we going to do now thing? What are we going to do now thing? Well, you mm. know, they, they didn't have an end to the sketch. Mm. They would just, they would just sort of, and, and Monty Python, and it's this is all getting too silly. Mm. Someone would just, or someone would just leap through a window for no very good reason. It was obviously recognised by comedians, but it was obviously recognised by viewers as well as, as a trope. And um, and ultimately, you know, we all picked up. I, I'm I'm just I I love the fact that it actually inspired you to do your own thing. I know I know yeah. a lot of people maybe weren't in a position to do that back then, but uh, yeah. you had a group of people, and you just said, right, we're going to make our own ongoing saga. Yeah, and I think I, that's fascinating. I, I I was keen to take the tropes and do my mm. own thing rather than go, oh right, we're going to do a star. Trek spoof mm. and all dress up in fake stuff. Mm. I mean, actually, we did do that with Blake Seven. We did do. Mm. We we started off by doing sort of more direct spoofs mm. of things. But I I largely wanted to have my own universe mm. and then use those tropes yeah. that I'd learned from other shows. But did you? I mean, whether it was your own or or from a show you what have you got a favourite cliffhanger? You've got a cliffhanger that stayed with you for years that makes you think, yeah, that's that's a good one. And was it suitably resolved? Do you think? What? Well, I was hit, being hypnotised and drowning my brother in a swimming pool in one episode. Right. Okay. Um, I, and that was stealing a plot line from mm. Prisoners of the Cage. Not in the right. swimming pool. It wasn't set in the, 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 hypno, mm. the hypnosis bit. Was. Mm. We did a few things like there's a chalk pit in Salisbury mm. and we tried to make it like we were going to fall mm. off the chalk pit and film it in such a mm. way it looked like we were about to fall off. But Well, I just mean that Mary Whitehouse would maintain that you were <laughs> traumatised as a child by seeing <laughs> you know uh, certain things at the end of episodes. And I just wondered, do they still haunt your nightmares, Tom? Baker being drowned, or, or um, you know, the the mask of Greel being pulled off on uh, by by Lee. No, I mean, do these things? Well, I suppose they're a bit before your time, actually. But, but, but do those don't. things still haunt your memories? No, they didn't. They don't. That's what. That's when my heart beats fastest and most. <laughs> when I'm most excited I'm most alive when I see Scarab's face pulled off I think that's our hour so thank you very much for that and I think on that bombshell we will head off with the uh, with the proviso to come back next week kind of thing but um, or will I that's that's fabulous I look forward to talking to you again yes if you want to do a spontaneous cliffhanger to end the show Um, um, Martin I think I might be your long lost twin brother brilliant paul thank you very much for your time today it's been as ever an absolute joy and i hope people have enjoyed listening and uh, i'll speak to you again soon you take care yeah thanks for having me bye-bye Many thanks to Paul Chandler, the Shy Yeti, for joining me for another of those random telechats that I enjoy having occasionally. These stream-of-consciousness-could-go-anywhere conversations are always fun to do, but they can be quite challenging because you're never quite sure what's going to crop up, which can lead to moments where the memory fails to keep up with where the mouth is heading. So, whilst our details might get a little hazy from time to time, I hope the enthusiasm my guests have for these shows at least keeps you all amused. 
Paul's prolific podcasting skills are continuing to bring you the shy life which can be found via your podcast platform of choice and many extracts from his epic video production Sutton Park can be found via his YouTube channel. So that's this edition of Vision on Sound not exactly ending on a cliffhanger. I just need to take a moment to thank everyone at Fab Radio International for helping us to be continued and of course my thanks go out to each and every one of you for listening. As ever I have been Martin and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now and take care.